You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another additionally Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iyer. When I'm not doing this, I'm breaking down NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. We're just adjusting to the fallout of our super wildcard weekend. It means we had games on Saturday, Sunday, and Monday night with the Rams routing the Cardinals to close it all. We had uh, one big upset there with the 49ers taking out the Cowboys, but pretty much according to form here, and that should make for another exciting round of four games for the divisional playoffs. And we'll break those four games down for you in depth over the next two shows. So we'll do matchup Wednesday, looking at the Saturday matchups, and then uh, go to matchup Thursday, looking ahead to Sunday's action. So a lot of good stuff there to break down. Before we look ahead, we need to uh, wrap up what happened here and uh, what we saw as the most important takeaways from these games. Uh, we had two on Saturday, three on Sunday, one more on Monday. So good stuff all around. Some fantasy football pleasing results and some not so pleasing and some question marks there for the 2022 season. We'll get into all that in a moment. But first, I got to tell you, thanks for making Locked on Fantasy Football your first listen every day. We are free and available for you on all platforms. All right, let us uh, dive right in here. It's a matchup Tuesday. We took Martin Luther King junior day off there so hope you had a good holiday and a good extended weekend and watched a lot of football i did too and i'm going to break that down for you starting with the raiders Bengals, settled in for that game early there uh, before prime time on saturday so good late afternoon game Bengals were in complete control this one for the most part the raiders had their moments and made this a touchdown game at the end but we like the Bengals six points they won by seven in this one I thought the Bengals would score a few more points. Uh, the red zone woes for the Raiders. They actually kind of locked in and stopped Cincinnati a few times in scoring position. Or probably looking at 8 to 12 more points coming for Cincinnati in this game. So that was a good way to keep them in the game. But the Raiders just were overmatched here. They decided pretty early to just keep going with uh, Joe Burrow to Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase kept getting open away from Casey Hayward. They put Hayward on him a little bit late. But... Raiders simply didn't have enough. They had another good, strong rushing game from Josh Jacobs, but as we suspected, not enough from Derek Carr in the passing game to uh, come through and beat the Bengals here. In Cincinnati, Cincinnati ends its long playoff drought. Its last uh, playoff win came when they lost to the Raiders in the playoffs uh, 21 years ago. So it was a good breakthrough here for the Bengals with Joe Burrow. Chase getting it done here. So... Not a lot to see in terms of lighting it up. A lot of field goals here in this one. But Burrow and Chase did come through, played really well here for Cincinnati, as we expected. The Raiders just couldn't match up. They were a bit overmatched in this game, and we saw it, even though it was a 4-5 game. I thought Cincinnati had a pretty good read on this one. The Raiders' defense, uh, I think, overachieved, given they played deep in overtime and 70 plays there in that Chargers game. So, did a little bit better than, than expected, but... The Bengals, again, I love this game plan of just putting in the hands of Joe Burrow. you got three great receivers there, one awesome stud in Jamar Chase, an underrated top-flight target there in T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd can do the dirty work in the slot for you. 
We saw the great passing by Joe Burrow to keep things alive with his feet. The one touchdown was beautiful to Boyd. So this was uh, just a good Cincinnati performance. And uh, an indication that they're going to be less Joe Mixon reliant here and more Joe Burrow dependent here. Because I think that's how the Bengals are going to win. You got left of the field now ahead of them. The Chiefs and Bills playing each other, and right in front of them are the Titans. That's how you attack the Titans. you got to throw the ball. So I'll break that game down in full. But this is a good sign that they put the game in Burrow's hands, and he did not disappoint. And we expect a little bit more from Mixon, but that's only going to happen if they have the positive game script or they can run downhill and be effective that way. So I think that's uh, what's working here with the Bengals, that they're going to have to play the lead. I think they're going to be very centered on Joe Burrow throwing because that brought them a lot of success down the stretch at home and in this critical game that they beat the Raiders. Now they have to go on the road at Tennessee, but not as daunting as it would have been to go to Buffalo or Kansas City in that crowd and uh, those uh, top-level teams here in the divisional round. Now for the Raiders side, again, Derek Carr, we'll see the questions are about him and the coaching staff here, where they to go from Rich Bisaccia. There was some talk that they would look at couple of the key coordinators playing in that Bills-Chiefs game, uh, Brian Dable and Eric Bieniemy on offense, so that could change the direction here post-John Gruden. So a lot of things to watch with this Raiders offense here. Hunter Renfro, we know, is going to be a big part of it. Is Zay Jones going to be a big part, or do they upgrade at wide receiver? you got Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave of Ohio State that they could look at in the first round. You also have the potential of Maybe a Jamison Williams there for a little bit better value of Jahan Dotson, a Drake London. A lot of different types of receivers that the Raiders can look at to enhance this and get a number one after the Henry Ruggs the third tragedy. It was really sad to see that happen with the victim with Ruggs and just having to move on. The Raiders had no choice there. So they got to start over. Jones has been good, but it's not like he's lit it up here. He's a journeyman who... Uh, Came for the Bills that has been rather effective, but again, Renfro and Darren Waller are the only keepers really in this passing game. i got to expand a little bit and maybe they'll try to round things out here. Uh, Brian Edwards is flash at times as well as Jones, but I don't think he's uh, more than an occasional deep threat for them. So they need that go-to guy on the outside that isn't Renfro or Waller working in the middle of the field here in the slot or down the seam, and that's going to be a big priority for the Raiders. And I think Jacobs proved himself that they need to make this guy a centerpiece of their offense and a workhorse, whoever takes over the offense here in 2022. All right, let's go to the Patriots-Bills game. This wasn't much of a game. This was the nightcap on Saturday. The Bills just dominated this game wire to wire. They didn't have to punt in this one at all. No field goal attempts. Josh Allen and this offense were just on point. So everything that had been working well creating momentum for the Bills going to the playoffs that carried over here. Josh Allen passing, Josh Allen running, Allen distributing the ball to all his key targets here really well. Devin Singletary continuing the nice running here. So the Bills uh, pretty much have been an offensive machine here down the stretch, and that didn't stop here. Over the last month, they were so good, and it just pretty much carried over here against the Patriots, who have a great defense but didn't have many answers at all. The Bills just smashed them in the mouth. Josh Allen is a wild card that they can stop either buying time and throwing deep or just taking off and running. So Bill Belichick, maybe now Josh Allen has solved him for good here after the last two matchups. So good for Allen. He's playing at a really high level. He looks like a guy that could win a Super Bowl and go a little bit deeper here in the playoffs, even against a tough field of quarterback. So watch out for Josh Allen. But Singletary's not going away as a factor. 
And that Gabriel Davis is kind of establishing himself now. I know Emmanuel Sanders made a play there coming back, but Gabriel Davis is going to be the man there opposite Diggs. And next year with uh, Sanders going to free agency, he's only on a one-year deal. That's going to help Dawson Knox continues to be a big factor. He's going to be a big part of what they do going forward with Allen. He's a young tight end where the connection has heated up really well here this season. And again, Singletary, good revelation in the backfield. So I feel like Brian Dable's value has never been hotter at this point. And whenever this Bills run is done, that's going to be the concern that Dable walks away. For the Patriots, they're going to get more playmakers. You had Kendrick Bourne do a few things, but Mac Jones cannot go forward with these type of receivers. I know they made it work, and they invested money on Bourne and Nelson Aguilar, who missed time with a concussion. Then you had Jacoby Myers, a little bit of Nikhil Harry. They got to get a modified trusty number one. Bourne is a good complimentary receiver. We've seen that in San Francisco, Aguilar with the Eagles and Raiders and other teams. But these are not number one type receivers you want to put with your quarterback. So finding a wide receiver is going to be important for the Patriots. Uh, I think they got to cut bait with Harry as a first round pick. Find a legitimate go to guy and not just make it all about Hunter Henry at tight end. Interesting that Henry kind of pulled away from Jonu Smith. Equal investments in that position, but Henry was the guy they trusted. But a lot of things they can do to improve. Damian Harris, we'll see if this becomes more of a split with Ramondre Stevenson next year. But a lot of question marks there, how to uh, improve the Patriots' offense and consistency overall beyond their running game here with Jones in year number two. And Bill Belichick's going to have to find a lot of offensive answers here. We'll see if Josh McDaniels gets a job, but I think he might be around here for year two for Jones, and that will be helpful as well in getting the personnel and schemes right for their now second-year quarterback. All right, those are the takeaways and reactions from the Raiders, Bengals, Patriots, and Bills, our two Saturday games. We will get into our two Sunday afternoon games next and close looking at the Steelers, Chiefs, and Cardinals, Rams, the blowout results there on Sunday night and Monday night. Before we do that, BetOnline would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the divisional playoffs and beyond. BetOnline remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. New year and a new updated desktop and mobile website assigned today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code Locked On to get started from football, basketball, hockey, and boxing, UFC, and write down your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2022 season, whatever season it is. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, we will uh, get into our reactions from Eagles, Bucks, 49ers, Cowboys. Round out our early look at the NFC with the Monday night cap of uh, Cardinals and Rams as well. Thanks for making Locked On Fantasy Football your first listen every day. Big announcement, the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show podcast is going on the road to L.A. for Super Week. Follow the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show today to get the most comprehensive coverage of the big game. It's a free and available for you. On all platforms, just like the show. And I will also be there in Los Angeles for sporting news. So maybe some interesting content coming your way there live on site for Super Bowl 56. So good stuff all around. Check out the network. That's why you're locked on to us because we're locked into what's going on around the NFL. One of those games that we're reacting to, Eagles-Bucks. Now, this was a disastrous game for Jalen Hurts. We knew the Bucks' run defense was going to make it tough on Miles Sanders and company. The Eagles kind of tried to avoid that, just like in the first matchup where Sanders really didn't get going until it was meaningless in the second half. Same thing here, put a lot of jail on Hurts. There were some moments, some throws he missed there. Devonta Smith was open in a lot of cases. Dallas Goddard 
but not a lot else coming with the other wide receivers, and the Eagles really need to upgrade there. So that's uh, the biggest takeaway is that Jalen Hurts, we'll see if the Jalen Hurts is the answer. He did a lot with his running, and he's a good leader and a tough quarterback there that helped them get in the playoffs. But, again, they're just a 9-8 and eight team, so it's not like they lit it up here. With Hurts, they left a lot on the table in the passing game. He did run well. You give him top rushing offense, but when you're so run heavy and you're facing a front like the Bucks, it was going to be a short end. So, what we want to see with the Eagles is that Dallas Goddard needs to be a little bit more consistent. Make a decision on the backfield. Is it going to be Miles Sanders going forward? Do we want to really trust a Boston Scott Jordan Howard committee, or do you want to see more rookie Kenneth Gainwell in there? So, Gainwell looked pretty good here with the game script going that way, where he had to get some check check down. So, then. Big decision there in the backfield. Got it more consistent. Get Devonta Smith treated like a number one. Jalen Rieger not getting it done. De- Quez Watkins, just a simple flash in the pan here for them with some big plays occasionally. But the Eagles need to maybe address wide receiver again after investing in a high first-round pick on Smith last year. So a little bit concerning there. And again, Hurts jury's out. They got some offensive line issues with age that they got to correct here to keep it going here. But... Yeah, Eagles passing game, very untapped here with Hurts, and that's going to be a question mark. Do they want to go forward with Hurts? Do they want to bring him competition? Do they want to put him against Gardner Minshew in training camp next year? They do have all those first-round picks from the trades they made. So three first-round picks for the Eagles there between 15 and 20. Got to take advantage of them and maybe consider a quarterback here to at least uh, push Hurts a second-round pick in 2020. For the Bucks, I mean, the beat goes on for them. You knew they were going to find different players to star here. No Leonard Fournette. We thought he was going to go with a hamstring injury, but they couldn't quite get him active in time. Ronald Jones didn't play with an ankle injury, so you had some Keyshawn Vaughn, and he led the backfield here pretty well. But Gio Bernard was the revelation. He came back from his hip injury. He kind of took over the Fournette role. So interesting situation there with Bernard being the pass catcher. Vaughn, the early downs, does it change if Fournette can return against the Rams, which would be pretty critical. For Tampa, because he, he could be a game changer in that game. So we want to we want to see what happens here, but you'd probably see more Vaughn and Bernard in that sense. And Bernard healthy, Le'Veon Bell not on the radar. Us getting key touches here in this offense. So something to watch for. But uh, Bernard, I think based on the matchup with the Rams, they struggle to cover backs a little bit. That's where they might to do their damage there as an extension of the running game, if you will, should be Bernard over Fournette. I don't think that might change Fournette's back either, using him as a receiver a little bit more in that matchup. Now, Rob Gronkowski, no problem. The Eagles couldn't cover the tight end. He was all over the field making plays. They couldn't handle Mike Evans either. So one of the keys I said, Evans and Gronk have to go off consistently in each week. They did that here. Eagles had answers for neither of these key targets for Tom Brady without Chris Godwin and Antonio Brown. The other receivers a little bit hit and miss here. They didn't have Cyril Grayson who uh, broke out against the Jets there for the big win in week 17. But again, the Bucks are making it do. Wide receiver, tight end, running back by committee here to get the ball in the hands of the right guys at the right times for Tom Brady, and Brady ties it all together. He's going to take advantage and maximize the talent that he has around him. Big concern we have is that Tristan Wirfs, their right tackle, all pro, just a rock of a pass protector, very good in run blocking as well. They're hopeful that he can go. With the ankle injury, uh, left the game, came back in briefly, but then they rushed him given the score was pretty lopsided in favor of the Bucks. So we'll see how it plays out with Wirfs, but it would great be great to have him on the field. Also of equal importance that Ryan Jensen can uh, practice and uh, not worry about the injury. He had mid-game either, handling a lot of Aaron Donald in the inside there against the Rams in the divisional playoffs, but 
Brady got a hand to him, making it work. The touchdowns came late for Brady. It was a lot of the rushing attack and having success there with Bernard and Vaughn. But I, I think they're going to have to put it up a little bit more in this game. And the Rams also again vulnerable against the backs, more so in the passing game than in the running game. 49ers and Cowboys. Uh, this was won by the 49ers. Uh, they were in control for much of this game. The Cowboys had a late rally. The 49ers almost blew a big lead. Another one for Kyle Shanahan in the playoffs uh, there, but held on. The Cowboys uh, had an official get in the way of their last gas drive. They made a questionable call to run that uh, kind of killed the clock there for them on the last gap drive and kept them from getting a Hail Mary opportunity there, but really the 49ers had outplayed the Cowboys. They ran all over them. Eli Mitchell looked very good here. The rookie fifth-round pick just pounded out the yards, was in complete control. Then Debo Samuel also looked very good, supplementing that rushing attack. So the 49ers can run the ball on anyone. They can do it with Mitchell and Samuel. The Cowboys had been a pretty good run defense, but their tackles were pretty weak. The 49ers exploited them with their interior line, blew things up off the ball. They had the Good performances there by Alex Mack, the center, and their long stalwart left tackle here, Trent Williams, uh, used his length and strength very well in this game. So 49ers offensive line, hats off to them. They kept Jimmy Garoppolo clean. They didn't uh, really get George Kittle going in here, but they didn't need to because Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk were running around open for much of this game. Interesting, they've also looked a lot at Jawan Jennings. He was making some plays in this one as well for the 49ers after... He had a good matchup again after uh, lighting up the Rams there in Week 18. So, good stuff there from the 49ers offense. Jimmy Garoppolo played through the right thumb injury well, but now he's got a shoulder injury. They're pretty optimistic he's going to play over Trey Lance here. here. But the 49ers uh, definitely feeling the vibes offensively. I think you'll see a little bit more of George Kittle next week, but this offense is rolling with the principals Mitchell, Samuel, and Ayuk, and you'll get a little bit of Kittle, who's been quiet for the past month. I think they've got to get him going in the divisional round against the Packers. But very good, strong offensive and defensive performance by the 49ers. Nick Bosa and Fred Warner got hurt. Fred Warner should be okay for the next round. Bosa has a concussion, so we'll see if he gets cleared for the Packers. That is an important situation. But the Cowboys offensive line didn't play all that well. You didn't really get a lot from CeeDee Lamb. He disappeared. they got to find a way to get him consistently involved. That cost him down the stretch. Now they have a big question here. Probably going to let Michael Gallup walk. He's a free agent. Got Cedric Wilson waiting in the wings there. Look pretty good here as a third option behind Cooper and Lamb. But you want to see more out of Lamb. It's just been disappointing. He started off well, but Lamb just kind of was phased out. I don't think they use him consistently as well. He should have nice matchups in the slot consistently playing off Cooper and Wilson, but Wilson maybe doesn't inspire with the same kind of deep threat as Gallup, and that changes things for Dallas, but Amari Cooper's pretty steady. Dalton Schultz is going to remain a big factor, but they got to fix that Prescott-Lamb connection to be more consistent if the Cowboys are going to turn the corner offensively in. The Cowboys running game, Ezekiel Elliott ended a disappointing season here in the playoffs. Tony Pollard played a little bit more, so they got to make a decision there. Ezekiel Elliott's sort of wearing down. Does he need to be in a committee there with Pollard? They always seem to have extra juice with Pollard. they got to address some issues on the offensive line. So Dak Prescott overall didn't play well. He just made some bad decisions. They couldn't keep the chains moving. I thought he should have run a little bit more in key spots, but that didn't happen. And Dak and the Cowboys, regardless of what happened to the officials, the 49ers deserve to move on, and they did here in the game. 
All right, we will get into our final two games of Wild Card Weekend, break down what we saw Sunday night. Steelers-Chiefs, Monday night Cardinals-Rams, both romps by the home teams there, Chiefs and Rams. People think unusual circumstances mean complicated taxes, but for TurboTax Live experts, that's what makes things interesting. Maybe you inherited a condo and are renting it out, or maybe you're getting paid in cryptocurrency and not sure how it's taxed. For TurboTax Live experts, an interesting life can mean an even greater refund. Luckily, TurboTax Live can match you with the right expert who has experience in your unique situation, can answer all of your tax questions right from your phone or computer. They can even take care of the whole filing process for you. Whether you launch your own startup or working multiple jobs or juggling multiple incomes, an experienced TurboTax Live expert can help you during the entire filing process or do your taxes for you from start to finish to get you the tax deductions you deserve. Visit TurboTax.com to learn more. You do your thing. They've got your taxes. Into it, TurboTax Live. All right, so let us uh, close the show here looking at Steelers and Chiefs. Uh, we'll start with the losing Steelers here on the road. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger, we know they're going to have to change quarterbacks there. Pittsburgh, clunker of a game to end it. They had some moments here to look at, but not a lot there. Deontay Johnson, steady year as a consistent wide receiver two in fantasy. Pretty much their number one now. Juju Smith-Schuster, unlikely to return again on a second free agent deal here after his major injury. So they move forward, Chase Claypool and Johnson. We'll see what they do for the slot next year. They probably will address that in the draft or go in a different direction. But they need to get that player on board who connects with their next quarterback here. Whether it's Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers on the higher end. And the rumors there, is it going to be Lil around and Jimmy Garoppolo's in Pittsburgh? Or do they just go straight up the draft and uh, get a Kenny Pickett or Desmond Ritter or, or Sam Howell somewhere there after Malik Willis and... Matt Corral are off the board, or maybe they have a shot at those two quarterbacks. But the Steelers' offense with Matt Canada there will change a little bit. Uh, obviously, they'll go for maybe more of a dual threat who has some athleticism. However you look at it, Roethlisberger was old and slow at this point. So that uh, player, if it's a franchise youngster, is going to be able to move around. Or if it's Wilson in there, Rodgers is going to give you a lot more mobility in that offense. So I've said it before, but the Steelers, when you factor in Johnson and Claypool, Najee Harris is a first-round running back in a pretty good season. Struggled to run the ball with offensive line issues there. And Pat Freerbooth at tight end, you have a lot to like in the next quarterback. I think the biggest debate is going to be, do the Steelers use a first-round pick there on a quarterback? If it's right there, given they're picking last as a, or later than they thought as a playoff team? Or do they say, we've got to get our offensive line upgraded? Because their tackle play was pretty bad this year. And just overall, just not very effective pass protecting or run blocking here in Pittsburgh. So... A lot of things to uh, get right with this offense, but again, a golden opportunity, a black and golden opportunity, I should say, for whoever quarterback uh, this team next year, whether it's a seasoned veteran of a big-name status, somewhere in the middle of the road as a bridge, or a straight-up uh, first-round or second-round rookie there for the Steelers. Again, Chiefs uh, don't have to worry about their quarterback situation for any time soon. Patrick Mahomes... 400-yard game. We've been waiting for this type of game from Mahomes for a while. There was a mistake in this game early from Mahomes, but then the Chiefs got rolling, got their principles going again. Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. You're seeing plays from Byron Pringle. And the twist to the backfield. We really love Daryl Williams. It is a DFS value because Clyde Edwards-Alaire was looking like he was out of the game. But guess who also didn't play this game? It was Daryl Williams. He wasn't healthy enough to go. 
So do they go to Derek Gore? No, they go to Jarek McKinnon. What a game for McKinnon. He was hard to cover as a receiver. We know he's a versatile, dynamic cog. We just haven't seen him on the field do anything of note since his time with the Vikings. Remember he had that uh, big contract with the 49ers. He kind of disappeared, tore up his knee right away, never could get on the field to do anything for San Francisco. So he bounces around, lands in Kansas City. Remember they had guys like Darwin Thompson in there, Damian Williams, who moved on to the Bears. So waited for some uh, dominoes to fall. They finally did enough with uh, Edwards Alaire and Williams being lost. So he gets in, dominates as an all-around back here, catches passes, a big factor in the passing game there with his versatility. Then he also is the leading rusher here for this team. So We'll see. I think they could stick with McKinnon. Given the state of uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire's shoulder, we're not sure how healthy he is anyway. Williams uh, may be concerning because it's a newer injury as well. So I would not be surprised. The Chiefs, remember, they like these type of players that remind them of Andy Reid's favorite in Philadelphia, Brian Westbrook. And there's a little bit of that in Jarek McKinnon. And that's why they were enamored with him, especially knowing that he can receive for big games. And it's interesting, Clyde Edwards-Alaire was billed as a big-time receiver out of LSU, but they don't really trust him as much in the passing game. Darrell Williams was the guy there, but McKinnon, they kind of used the way that we thought Edwards-Alaire would get used from the get-go here in Kansas City. So interesting development there, but you would not be surprised if they kept rolling with McKinnon a la the Damian Williams uh, Super Bowl run they had a couple years ago where he was a big factor and he had to be with Kareem Hunt long gone and uh, so the Chiefs backfield still in flux despite using a first round pick at the position in 2020 on Edwards Hilaire now wide receiver uh, again Brian Pringle has been stepping up a little bit more he might be a factor more next year Nicole Hardman has had some moments but nothing consistently in the receiving core we know Demarcus Robinson is not going to be there for much longer yet uh, Sammy Watkins in there and gives some stability, but Pringle might be what Watkins was at some point here, playing off Tyreek Hill, and that's going to help Hill and Travis Kelsey quite a bit here, and that's what we're seeing for Kansas City. So good to see the Chiefs old-school light up a team passing here. Even though they could have dominated this game running, it was good, I think, to get Patrick Mahomes tuned up, reared back, and firing for the epic matchup with Josh Allen rematch from the Chiefs' loss there at Arrowhead in the regular season and of last year's AFC Championship game. All right, Cardinals-Rams. This wasn't much of a game either. So Sunday night game, clunker. Monday night game, also pretty bad here. Kyler Murray, what an awful game for Kyler Murray. Just couldn't get out of the gate. At one point, Odell Beckham Jr., who plays for the Rams at wide receiver, had more passing yards in the second half than Kyler Murray. So that was not good. Murray got going for a little bit of garbage, but still couldn't get close to 200 yards passing this game. He didn't run at all, only two attempts for six yards in this one. It was pretty awful overall. So I don't know what happened with Kyler Murray's running. The big plays were coming early in the season. The passing game, they disappeared. Probably a little bit tied to DeAndre Hopkins coming out there. They had one play to A.J. Green that looked like it was going to get them out of their shadow of their own end zone. But after reviewing it multiple times, A.J. Green did not come up with a catch. And A.J. Green had a very quiet night. Otherwise... Very next play, Kyler Murray pops up a very bad pass here, interception for a pick six, and that was it for the Cardinals early in that game against the Rams. So Kyler Murray, a lot of things on the docket here. DeAndre Hopkins getting a little bit older. He's going to be 30, still can play, but Christian Kirk's a free agent. A.J. Green's a free agent. Zach Ertz is a free agent. Max Williams is a free agent. So a lot of question marks there, and that's on top of James Conner and Chase Edmonds. So Cliff Kingsbury... 
Going to have to get the pieces in place. The Cardinals, I think, played okay at the offensive tackles, but they need to upgrade here their interior to help the running game a little bit more, so allow Kyler Murray to be a bigger part of it, maybe unleash him more, because that's when they got the big plays last year, early in the season. So, again, he needs a go-to guy that's dedicated to the outside. Kirk has been pretty good in the slot. Hopkins is okay, and he's fine now as a complimentary player, but we also know he didn't have a lot of big games, and Green was hit or miss. He had some big games, but the games where he wasn't a factor at all. So I think that's where they need to upgrade a deep threat, a guy that stretches the field, Kyler gets on the same page with, can make those big plays. Kind of his version of Marquise Hollywood-Brown that Lamar Jackson has, or his version of Stephon Diggs. Hopkins is a little bit of that, but Hopkins is a little bit older, fading away from his prime. So... Some upgrades needed for Kyler Murray, but the running, not running, really hurts his value. I mean, he has to run when you're that fast and that quick. You need to run to put up the pleasing numbers here with fantasy football production on the floor. And that was the disappointment with him when he wasn't doing that. And he, you're so dependent on the touchdowns and the yardage, and you don't get it. And a tough matchup like this against the Rams front, Aaron Donald, it's going to be just slim pickings here. And that's what happened for Kyler. So a lot of question marks. He's made two straight Pro Bowls. He's an offensive rookie of the year, but there's so many things that he still needs to do here to get it done for the Cardinals. Now, you have the Rams, and they were fine. I mean, they didn't have to do a lot in this game. The big development here was Cam Akers returning and being a big part of their rushing attack. Now, Rams didn't really run the ball all that well. They didn't have to pass it all that well. They jumped out to a big lead thanks to their defense making plays against Murray. So... Again, the, Matthew Stafford turned to more of a caretaker. He did get the touchdown to Cooper Cup. He also had a long pass there from Oda Beckham Jr. that turned into a touchdown. And Beckham also scored on the receiving end of a touchdown. So Rams were on point all over. Didn't have to do a lot, but Stafford still got the numbers up. Beckham did it through the air twice in different ways here. Cup getting it done consistently. Just didn't need the big volume in this one. So, again, exciting that we have uh, these teams moving on because I think we'll have a lot of excitement for next week in the divisional playoffs. Only one team spoiled uh, the trajectory of these teams. One road team won. That was the 49ers, but everyone else moves on. So our matchups that we'll break down for you coming up on matchup Wednesday, matchup Thursday, Bengals at Titans. That'll be your Saturday game there to kick things off. Once again, the Bengals get the early slot. Then you have the marquee game there again for the 49ers at the Packers. Then we get into Sunday, great matchups there. The reigning Super Bowl champion Buccaneers hosting the Rams, and then that's the appetizer for the epic AFC battle between the Bills and the Chiefs. So can't wait for the wild card weekend uh, here to transition to divisional playoff weekend. I think we have that for you now. Thanks again for listening to Locked on Fantasy Football, making us your first listen every day. Again, we'll break down the matchups in our next two shows. Now make your second lesson Locked on Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available for you on all platforms. This has been Vinny Iyer for a Roundup Tuesday here at Locked on Fantasy Football, and we'll catch you in the next two days to break down the games, move on to the divisional round of the NFL playoffs.